I'm delighted to be back here again tonight, and I trust you have the same sentiments. Wow, that was really good lunch. Brother Steve said he didn't make it around to everything. I tried my best, but I just couldn't. Uh, so to the ladies and the men who had a part in providing that meal, we're certainly thankful for that. Uh, I need a click. I'm not clicking. I'm literally not clicking. Sorry, right, I can go on. Um, I was thinking this morning about you know, how long ago it was when I was here for a gospel meeting. And I think it was 2007. We have a, a grandson with us today. It's our daughter's youngest son. And he's five and a half, uh, or five, I guess. The last time I was here, one night, it was just me and his oldest brother, uh, Joshua. Josh is about three and a half, and he sat down here on the front row the whole time that night. And I remember on the way home, we stopped at Burger King. And maybe I'm just old and misunderstood, or maybe he pulled one on me. But we were going to order, and I remember we got back to the house, and we told his parents what we'd ordered. And he persuaded me to order him one of those kids' meals. And we got home and found out from his parents that's the first time he'd ever had a kid's meal. So something in it. But I remember that occasion. Uh, this week we're talking about the greatest. This morning we're talking in our Bible class about the greatest book ever written. And then in our sermon this morning we talked about the greatest life ever lived. And tonight we're going to be talking about the greatest news that you ever will hear. You know, it seems like a lot of times when we turn on the news today and get our news from television or radio or from the internet, a lot of the news which we hear, well, to put it mildly, it's not encouraging. In fact, oftentimes it's downright depressing. In fact, some individuals, because of that, have made up their mind we don't want to have any television connection. We don't want to hear any news of any sort. But at the same time, even though there are a number of things going on in our society and in the world that, that we would not classify as good news, there are still a lot of great things going on. There are still a lot of great people in this world. And in the Lord's church, there are a lot of great people. So there, there are a lot of good things going on. Some things that are going on and some things that are being said are good. Other things are better, and then some things are just the top of the line. They're the best. And tonight, we're talking not simply about good news. We're talking about the best news. And not simply the best news for today, the best news for every day. And the good thing about this great news is, thank you, Brother Brian. The great thing about this good news is, it's good news for you, and it's good news for me, and it's good news for people living all over the world. Well, what is that news? It's the news that's recorded in, in the message of the gospel. The Lord Jesus, after he rose from the dead, and before he ascended back to the Father in heaven, told his apostles, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16 and verse 15. And so regardless of what the population of the world is, that's our task. That's our responsibility. That's our privilege to take this good news and to share this news with people who live throughout the whole world. Sometimes in the southeast part of Asia, 
people who live there are of the mindset that, that Christianity as they see it is a Western religion. And so some will even tell you to your face, Christianity does not really suit the people of our area. Why is it? Because in their mind they say it's a Western religion. Well, when Jesus lived on the earth, he was born in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth, and spent almost the entirety of his life in the land that we call Palestine, which today we classify as the Middle what? Middle East. And so Jesus, as a Jew living on the earth, he was not a Westerner. And the church that the Lord established in the city of Jerusalem had its beginning not in the West, but in what's called the Middle East. Now, we try to help people understand that in the sight of God, people are not classified as Westerners or Easterners or Southerners or Northerners. People are simply people. I'm not a financial guru. I'm not a professional psychologist. I'm not a counselor, but I've got a message tonight. And it's not a message that's original with me. It's a message that's found in the Word of God. It's not a new message. It's about 2,000 years old. But it's a message that all people in every place need to hear. And so we begin tonight simply by recognizing this great news comes from the God of heaven. Say, Brother Campbell, are you just going to take the, the lesson you did in Bible class and just kind of reword it and give us the same lesson? Because I was listening to Bible class, and in Bible class you said that the Bible is the greatest book in the world because it came from God. And so it looks to me like you've just kind of thrown the words around and you've come up with the same idea. Well, what we're looking at tonight briefly is this idea in this first main point. What about the, the character and the nature of the one who gives us this good news? Why would God give us this great news? Well, we know that the God of heaven knows everything. So the God of heaven knows what's good for us, right? We know the God of heaven wants what's good for us. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2 and verse number 4, that God wants all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. So God knows what's best for us. God wants what's best for us. And God has revealed to us in the pages of his word what's best for us. As the psalmist said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. Well, what about the giver of this message? How reliable is he? Well, in a world of dishonesty, the God of heaven is a God of truth. And in a world of corruption, the God of heaven is a God of purity. And in a world where so many are unreliable, the God of heaven is reliable. And that's summarized in one Bible statement that consists in three words. Sometimes in the New Testament, as well as the Old, we will read these three words. God is faithful. What does that tell us about God's character or God's nature? He's reliable. He's dependable. 
When God says something is true, it's true. When God says something is false, it's false. If God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. If God says something will never ever happen, it never ever will happen. When God makes a promise, you and I can rest assured it's going to come to pass. And so tonight as we think about the idea that the greatest news that you ever will hear comes from the God of heaven, we take comfort and we take confidence in that because we know that the God of heaven is reliable and dependable. Well, let's think tonight secondly that the greatest news that you will ever hear is the God of heaven has the remedy for man's greatest problem. Suppose tonight... World leaders were gathered in, in Chattanooga, were gathered in Nashville or in Atlanta or some other place in our country, and these world leaders, in, in their arrangement and in their schedule and on their agenda, they only want to discuss those matters which they perceive to be the most pressing the most urgent, the most serious matters that people and nations face throughout the world. Well, I wonder what would make their list. If they're gathering at the end of April 2015 in Chattanooga or some other place, what do you suppose would be on the agenda for topics of discussion? Well, I think they would be talking about uh, ISIS, right? And the threat of extremism. They would be talking about, as they always do, the environment. They would be talking about the economy and the interaction of nations as it regards economy. Some of them might be talking about different areas of education. And so these are matters that traditionally have been matters that have been a concern to people. Matters of war, matters of environment, matters of education, matters of economy. And certainly there are considerations for each of those items. But I believe that God would have a different matter at the top of His agenda if God were leading the discussion about the greatest problem that the nations of the world and the individuals of the world are facing in April 2015. And I believe at the top of the list in God's agenda would be the matter of sin. Because sin is the only thing that can separate humans from the God of heaven. And sin is the only thing that can keep humans out of heaven and keep humans from being with God eternally. And God has a remedy for that. The Bible tells us, I'm going to give you a partial quotation from two or three Bible verses, and I'm going to give you a partial quotation intentionally and then come back and look at the full statement and see the, the application of the full statement. For example, in John 20, we read in the very last verse of John 20, verse 31, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Now that's not all, but we'll come back. We read in 1 Timothy 1 in verse 15, Christ Jesus came into the world. Now that's not all, but we'll come back. And in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14, the Father sent the Son. Now that's not all, 
but we'll come back. Now let's come back and, and look at the entire statements and see how those statements fit in with God's scheme to save us from our sins. In John chapter 20, beginning in verse 30, the Bible says many other signs or miracles, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these, that is the ones which John has recorded, but these are written that ye, the readers of the book, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. And so it's not simply a matter of, of giving the evidence that Jesus did miracles. It's not simply a matter of giving the evidence of Jesus' divine nature. It's written with the purpose that you and I as students of the book of John and students of the New Testament would come to the conclusion that Jesus truly was the Christ, that He truly is the Son of God, and that by believing, we might have life. And so very simply put, God's message is, I gave you this message so you could have life. Remember the Lord Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that might have it more abundantly, John 10 and verse 10. But going back to 1 Timothy 1 and 15, the Bible statement is, Jesus Christ came into the world. Now here's the whole statement. Paul said, uh, of, of a truth, no that's not it, this is a faithful saying, there we go, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world, why? To save sinners, of whom I'm chief. And then 1 John 4 and verse 14, which we mentioned, the Father sent the Son, why? To be the Savior of the world. And so there then is, is the greatest news that you will ever hear. It's good news when the value of your stocks goes up. It's good news when you want to sell your house and the value of your house is going up. It's good news when you have a great grandson that's born. But the greatest news is that God has a remedy for our greatest problem. And not simply a remedy, God has the one and only remedy that will do the job. Now look in your Bible, if you would, in the book of Luke, chapter 2. In the days of Jeremiah, in the days of Jeremiah, the people of God, the people of Judah, they were facing challenging times. And they were facing challenging times because of their unwillingness in general to submit themselves to the will of God. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we're not saved. That's the declaration in Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. And in Jeremiah 8 and 22, we read that Jeremiah threw out some questions. They may sound strange, but here are the questions. Is there no balm, B-A-L-M, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Now hold on for just a second. That question, is there no balm in Gilead? He said, that sounds familiar. Don't we have a song in, in our song book? Some of our song books, what? There is a balm in Gilead? Why in the world are we singing about Gilead? Anybody been to Gilead? Me neither. Gilead was a territory east of the Jordan River up around the Sea of Galilee. And that territory was well known in ancient times for, for having 
medicinal things there, that things that could help people in the realm of, of medicine, natural things that grew there. And so Jeremiah's question to the people was, is there no balm in Gilead? And the answer is, if God's people would turn to God in the right way, of course they could be cured of their spiritual diseases. And then he asks the question, is there no physician there? In other words, God is the physician. If you simply turn to God, he can cure whatever ails you. Now, God, in looking at the spiritual needs of mankind, saw man's greatest need. Look in your Bible in Luke chapter 2. And here what we see in Luke 2 is a record. The day that Jesus was born, shepherds that evening were taking care of their flock in the territory around Bethlehem. Look in your Bible beginning in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, watch this, of great joy, which shall be to all people. What is that great news? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That was the good news of that day. What was the good news? Well, whatever that good news was, it was good news for all people of all nations. And the good news was that Christ, the Savior, was born. Is that not a message that the people of the world need to hear today? That there's a remedy for man's sin. Now, now sometimes, sometimes as we present that message to people, their response is one of... Thank you, but I don't really need that. I think one of our challenges, when I break it down and I analyze, one of our challenges in spreading the gospel is helping people understand that they need Jesus. Okay? However we approach people, one of our challenges is helping people understand that they need Jesus. Because people in kindness will, will, will express gratitude. Thank you, but, but really they're not interested because their, their thought is, I don't need that. Well, as we were studying this morning about the flawless life of Jesus, we made reference to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 that, that sin is transgression of the law or sin is lawlessness. Now, now, one question this morning which we did not raise is, okay, who, who fits into the category of individuals who have violated God's law? And the Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, here's the good news. Don't stop reading in verse 23. Don't close your Bibles in verse 23 and go to bed. That's not good news. The good news goes on in verse 24. Now again, verse 23 is, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What is that? God's remedy for mankind's greatest need. And aren't we thankful? 
Aren't we thankful not only that there is a remedy, but aren't we thankful that God has revealed that remedy? And aren't we thankful that someone loved us so much that they took the time to teach us the greatest news that we will ever hear? Well, as we look at point number three, and it definitely goes along with what we just said. The greatest news that you and I will ever hear is that the God of heaven has a free gift for you and me. People like to receive gifts. Yeah, we like gifts. We like, uh, we like to go buy something, and when we find out, when we're checking out the rest register, we didn't know that it's on sale. That, that really gives us a kick in our step, okay? We were already going to buy it anyway, and we find out it's going to be on sale. That little discount, it gives us a kick in our step, and our, in our, step and our day's brightened. But you know, sometimes things that we get that are free... You know, we get those things, and, or we get an offer to go someplace and get something free, and we say, why would I want that junk? What God offers is free, but it was not cheap. Free in the sense it's God's gift to us, but it was costly to the Father because it cost Him His Son. It was costly to the Son because it cost Him His life. Again, we just quoted from Romans 3 and verse number 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then we think about Romans 6 and verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's what the Bible says. The gift of God is eternal life. Now, question. Where is eternal life available? Look over with me, if you would, in your Bible in the book of 1 John chapter 5. And you know, in John's writings, we often read about life. We often read about life eternal or, or everlasting life. And here in 1 John chapter 5, John is writing to the Christians, writing to the Christians to remind them to encourage them, to build them up so they'll have confidence. Look in your Bible in chapter 5, beginning in verse number 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is somewhere. Where is this life? And this life is in His Son. And so eternal life by God's plan, eternal life by God's arrangement is available and possible for us to have in one place and one place only. Somebody says, well, what are our other options? You see, when it comes to the matter of salvation, God does not give us a choice of saviors. What was it that Peter said? After Peter and John had healed a lame man at the temple there, they were called in, they were taken into custody by the Jewish authorities, asked questions. In whose name and by what power, by what authority they had done this? And their answer was, we've done this in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter went on to say, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12. God's gift to mankind is available. 
And the gift is eternal life. And the gift is found in Jesus. Somebody said, that's got to be too good to be true. Somebody says, if you hear something and it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You better further investigate. Well, no, no, no catches. When God said, I've got a free gift, and God said it's eternal in nature, there's nothing hidden below the surface. There's no fine print. Oh, yes, there are conditions. We would have to answer the question, how do we get into the Christ in order to have salvation and eternal life? And the Bible's answer is, know ye not that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death, Romans 6 and verse 3. And so, yes, there are conditions for us to get into the Christ. And there are conditions for us as we continue to walk in the light as he is in the light. But the offer is one that's a free gift. So I said, why would God do something like that for people like us? What a great question. And the answer is because God loves us. And God's love is not based on how we treat him. God did not start loving us because he saw that we were such fantastic people. In fact, turn with me in your Bibles back to the book of Romans. And let's look in Romans chapter 5. And let's look at some of the descriptions that are given here of lost people. Descriptions given of people before they get into the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 5. And here's a message about God's love and about God's grace and about reconciliation. Romans 5 beginning in verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet, what, sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, when was that? Before we obeyed the gospel. We were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his death. Now, go back up, if you have time, and I think you do, go back up to verse 6. Verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the what? The ungodly. Now, now look at those words. Verse 6, Jesus died for the ungodly. Verse 8, Jesus died for sinners. Verse 10, Jesus died for the enemies of God. Now, I don't know how you approach people when you try to bring up a Bible discussion. I don't know how you approach people when you have a one-on-one study week after week. But in my mind, in my observation, my experience... I don't think it's the most effective way the first time we meet someone or the first time we sit on eye by eye by say, now you look, you know you're a sinner, you know you're ungodly, and you know you're God's enemy. That doesn't normally sit well with people. But, but in the course of our studies, in some way, we must help people come face to face with the reality. Without Jesus, I'm nothing. Without Jesus, I have no hope. Without Jesus, I'm lost. I need Jesus. So that God can forgive me by His love, by His grace, even though I was a sinner, I was ungodly, and I was God's enemy. And so why would God make such a plan available? Answer, because He loves us. 
Why would Jesus go to the cross? Because he loves us. Why would Jesus stay on the cross? Because he loves us. Are you a rich person? Now, now don't, don't go and tell me about how little you have, okay? But think about this. Spiritually speaking, are we rich? We are, in, in modern language, spiritually speaking, in Jesus, we are loaded. Right? We're loaded. The Bible tells us in, in 2 Corinthians 8, and in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is, from a number of, of, of standpoints, in, in a number of different ways, trying to encourage the brethren in Corinth to give. Okay? At that time, there were some poor among the saints over in Jerusalem. And Paul had gone to the churches of Galatia and the churches of Macedonia and the churches of Achaia, including Corinth. And he said, look, your brethren in Jerusalem have a need. Let's help. And the, the flabbergasting thing to Paul seemed to have been the brethren in Corinth, what had they done? Twelve months before Paul wrote the book of 2 Corinthians. One year before he wrote this letter, they said, Paul, we're in. Count on us. And Paul said, uh, your money's not ready. And so in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul uses the example of the Macedonians. He talks about the grace of God. And then he uses what I consider to be the climax when it comes to persuading people to give sacrificially. In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, he talks about what Jesus did. Jesus was, past tense, rich. But for our sakes, he became poor. Now, let's, let's, let's think about that. You say, rich? Jesus was rich? He didn't come from a rich family. I remember reading in Luke 2 the type of sacrifice that Joseph and Mary made after Jesus was born. They weren't rich people. And I remember reading later on that, that Jesus told a man that he didn't know where he was going to lay his head. He doesn't sound rich to me. Well, when the Bible says Jesus was rich... It's not talking about the time of his earthly sojourn. It's talking about before he came to this world and his relationship with the Father in the glory of heaven. He was rich, but for our sakes he became poor. He became a human and dwelt among men and lived as a human, as a servant. Why? The verse goes on to tell us in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9 that we, through his poverty, might be rich. Are we? If we're in Jesus, we're rich. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1 and verse number 3. So, so this great gift is made available to mankind because of the love of God, because of God's grace, because the sacrifice of Jesus. And aren't we thankful for that? So, so this great message, the greatest message that you and I will ever hear, it came from the God of heaven. It's a message that, that's available for all people everywhere. It's a message that's a free gift. And finally, we close tonight by thinking about this. We've been talking about things of the past. We've been talking about things of the present. Now then, by faith, right? By faith and optimism and confidence and excitement, we can look to the future. I don't know what the future holds for my life on earth. I don't know what the future holds for my life the rest of this day. I don't know what the future holds in detail 
for this country. I don't know what the future holds in detail for the world. But I know that the God of heaven has prepared a place called heaven, a place that is out of this world. And because of our relationship with Jesus, because we've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, we have confidence as we live in this world. The Apostle Paul summarized his life in one word. Paul said, for to me to live is what? Christ. And to die is gain. Philippians 1 and verse 21. And so when our life is Christ-centered and Christ-filled, we live our lives with confidence. We know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 4. We know that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5 and verse 4. We are victorious through Jesus. And because of God's blessing, we can look to the future with great optimism. Now, unless, unless you and I are alive when Jesus comes again, unless we're still alive when he comes again, we will be raised from the dead. The Lord Jesus said, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation or condemnation. John 5, 28 and 29. And so you and I look at death and we say, I may go down into the grave, but I'm coming out because Jesus rose from the dead and Jesus promised me that I'm coming forth from the dead and I'll live with him forever. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, blessed, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 3 and going through verse number 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope, a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, what is that living hope? Here's a fact. Verse number 3 of 1 Peter chapter 1, God has begotten us. God has begotten us again unto a lively or living hope. What is that hope? Verse number four. To an inheritance that's what? Incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, and reserved in heaven for you. We all face challenges in life. We all face trials in life. We all face disappointments in life. We all face frustrations in life. But a child of God who's walking now with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords looks to the future with optimism because we know that God has prepared a place for His faithful children. Now as we think about this message that we've considered together tonight, the greatest message that you and I will ever hear, this message that came from God, God has a remedy for man's sin, that this is a free gift and God's prepared the greatest place. Now what we've done to this point in time is we have taken in this information. Now then with this information, we need to be grateful people. Grateful to God for the blessings He gives us. But that's not enough. Brethren, it's our task to take the gospel to every person in Hamilton County, Tennessee. 
and, and God willing, in the near future, Donna and I will be working with you more closely in that endeavor. It's our responsibility not only to take the, the gospel to, to every person in Hamilton County, but to every single person in the world. Now, sometimes people look at that thought and, and they shake their head and they say, well, I'm not sure that's possible. Brethren, it is possible. When those 12 spies went to the land of Canaan, 10 of those spies, and if you ask me, I have no clue what their names are. Don't ask me their names. I don't know what their names are. 10 of those spies came back and their response was, we cannot do it. Well, you see, God did not send those 12 men to the land of Canaan to come back with an answer to the question, is it possible to do it? God had already said, I'm giving you the land. Just go up and see what's up there. See, see where the cities are and see where the rivers and the mountain and the people. That's what they were supposed to do. But aren't you thankful for those other two fellows? Huh? Aren't you thankful for the son of Nun and the son of Jephuni? I am. Joshua and Caleb. Their outlook is the outlook that you and I need to have toward the task of preaching the gospel to every person in the world. Their response was, let's go up and do it now with God's help. Oh, yes, it's challenging. Sometimes people have the mindset, Brother Roger, you just can't find people that want to hear the truth. Brother, I don't believe that. I don't believe that there's not one person in Hamilton County that wants to hear the truth. Now, has there been a change in people's outlooks in general from now, between now and, and, and 1960? Of course, there's been a drastic change in people's mindset. But there are people who will listen. And there are people who will accept the truth. We've got to work. And I mean work and work and get some Bible studies going. And get people coming to services so they can have an opportunity to hear. Listen, it's not our responsibility to make people's decisions for them. It's not our responsibility to go through the phone book. Do they still have phone books? It's not our responsibility to go through the phone book or go through a list of names of people in Chattanooga and Hamilton County. Ah, I don't think he'd be interested. I don't think she'd be. I don't, I don't. That's not our responsibility. Our task is to sow the seed and let people make their own choices. The Apostle Paul said to the saints in Rome, Romans 1 and verse 15, So, in verse 14 he talks about the fact that he's a debtor, okay? He's a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to everybody. He says, So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now, regardless of, of where we live, our job, whatever we're doing in life, in our little corner of the world, there are people. And the chances are really, really good that the majority of people that we meet on a daily basis have not had their sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. We don't have to go to Eastern Europe to teach the gospel. We don't have to go to South America. If you want to go to those places, God bless you. But we need to teach the gospel 
right here at home too. The greatest news that people will ever hear. Tonight we've selected a song of exhortation. Careless soul, what will you linger? Maybe tonight you're here as a member of the Lord's body. And maybe you've not been living faithful and you need the prayers of the saints. We'll take all the time we need to pray with you and to pray for you. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've never obeyed the gospel. But you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and the blood of Jesus has the power to wash away your sin. Are you not ready to act upon your faith? Are you not ready to lay aside your sins in repentance and courageously confess Jesus? And then we remember that question that Ananias asked Saul of Tarsus. And now why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts twenty two sixteen. Tonight, if you need to obey the gospel, it's God's invitation. If it's convenient, would you stand as we sing together?